Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Okay, go Bundes Brothers, it's time to grab life big. And put your money where your mouth is and get signed up for some bucket list adventures in 2017. Here's the BLR, Bucket List Rundown. Indeed, Mr. Smeed, the first thing we got going up is Snowwater, British Columbia, hella skiing. The guys that went last year said it was unfreaking real. Unreal. March 15th to 20th, Snowwater, British Columbia. Then we got a champions only couples trip. If you are a champion, which by the way is 5 million net worth. Is it five? Yeah, I believe. 5 million net worth above. Napa Valley with your wife. Napa Valley wine tasting with your wife. April 20th, 23rd. Then what I got, uh, I also got another champion self-reliance trip, which is... Uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail at the very last uh, five or six days of it, Mount Katahdin. That's in Bangor, Maine on June 7th through the 11th. Then we got August 17th to 22nd, we got a special fam abundance, Jackson Hole, Wyoming Solar Eclipse. Bring your kids and let them learn about the solar system, more specifically the solar eclipse that's going to take place and uh, they may never see it again you may never see it again in your lifetime solar eclipse is going to happen on jackson hole august 17th to 22nd then we have south africa baby yes south africa man that is bucket list item crazy you got like seven or six or seven bucket list items on there swimming with the sharks of course safari the volunteering in in cape town in the ghettos of cape town just incredible trip planned on that. Uh, September 24th through October 4th. And we're working on a, a the end part of that, adding a uh, couples. If you want to have your wife fly down or your girlfriend fly down for the end part of that and a little special thing on the end, we got that working too. And then, of course, we got the GoBundance Elite Couples Trip in Placencia, Belize. In uh, a really nice, uh, probably a key, right, uh, off of Belize, in Belize. An amazing couple's trip that I, I heard amazing things. A lot of people last year said it was the best trip they've ever been on. So that is uh, November 4th through 11th. Any of these you want to sign up for, you know, reach out to Melanie and just let Melanie know, you know, you're in and she'll collect your money or uh, shoot you in the right direction. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy the show. Grab life big. All right. Grow abundance, brothers. I got the man in the house, Mr. Lenny G. G. Bubble. DJ Bubble. Whatever the hell he is, is in the house. He is ready to do some brutal authentication and be brutally authentic on the Go Abundance podcast. Grab life big. Brother Len, welcome to the Grab Life Big Room. Thank you, Pat. Looking forward to it, my man. What's going on? 
Not much. First of all, why don't you give our brothers like a five-minute rundown on uh, who you are so they can get to know you a little bit better? Like a life story, Lenny G, moment you were born till today. <laughs> in five minutes? Okay. Let's do it. All right. I was born and raised in the beautiful oasis commonly referred to as Staten Island, New York. And I grew up, went to high school there. Uh, got married and lived there, and then went to St. Joseph's in Philadelphia for two years and graduated from St. John's in New York. I immediately got an interview on Wall Street because my father had worked in Wall Street for 25 or 30 years, so he got my foot in the door with an interview, and I went into the same line of business that he did, which was securities lending or global securities finance and what that basically was was we cleared short sales for hedge funds i eventually worked my way up and became the youngest managing director in the americas for my firm at that time and then started to realize that i had peaked pretty early that i was only 30 in my uh, low 30s and early 30s and was already making seven figures a year and something just wasn't sitting right with me. So I started to actually plan my exit with my wife from corporate world. And then we went through 9-11 and uh, running through the streets that day was no fun. So that was kind of the you know, straw that broke the camel's back as far as my mental exit from corporate world. And we started planning our exit. Um, we did that. We moved down to Florida in 2000, the beginning of 2005. And I basically... Just enjoyed my family. I had two little girls at that time and my wife, and we just enjoyed life for a couple of years. I literally had no plan, but I knew I was going to do something and create something with my own business. Then after a few years, I actually designed a spec home on a napkin, which I had no experience doing, on a napkin, interviewed several local general contractors, asked them to translate that to architectural plans and build me a spec house on the ocean because I thought I could do that for some reason. And amazingly, it became the top home in the Parade of Homes event down here, and it became the highest priced sale in the community called Cinnamon Beach, where I then based my custom home building, retail real estate company, and what morphed into a vacation rental company after that. And I've been a serial entrepreneur ever since. I either own or consult over 21 corporations right now. And it's been the best, you know, 12 years of my life watching my girls grow up and spending, you know, every day at home with my wife and kids is, is just fantastic. That's pretty cool that, that you can do that, right? Draw a little speck home on the back of a napkin, say, hey, build this for me. Then next thing you know, over 12 years, just kind of morph that into uh, what you got going on today. So these 21 companies uh, that you talk about, like what are the top ones, top five or so that, that are like really the ones, you know, the 80-20, the, the ones that are making you 80% of your income? Yeah, well, o over the past decade, the custom home building company was my main moneymaker. Uh, I actually retired from that and shut down that company last summer, 2016. Um, I had planned that for about a year and a half. I, I have about a 10-year attention span and I get bored and I'm addicted to the chase of the next challenge. So I sold out of the re retail real estate company two years ago. I closed down the custom home building company last year 
And I still have the vacation rental company, which I will not get rid of unless somebody wants to knock my socks off with an offer. Uh, that that's basically an annuity cash cow for me. So right now, that's probably my biggest money maker in combination with the properties I own that we manage in that company. Yeah, I just got back yesterday, actually, from Virginia Beach, and I met a couple of guys that are doing exactly what you're doing. And I told them about you. Um, they're doing the same thing in Virginia Beach, where they're buying, you know, a beach property or, or houses, not even on like like within a mile from the beach. And you know, people are renting them through Airbnb. Families are renting them through Airbnb at the rate of eight times what they could get. I think four times. Uh, what they can get from a regular year-round family, you know. So if you're getting twenty grand a year from a family, you know that rents it out, uh, he's getting uh, eighty grand a year through Airbnb rentals. Yep, exactly. And, and we uh, we actually we have our own website. Obviously, that's our main lead generator. But we use VRBO and HomeAway have been our best lead generators. We're on about. 15 to 20 partner sites like Airbnb and VRBO and, and they the returns on these vacation rentals are to me so much better so we see a lot of people that invest in some of the lower priced homes you know buy a hundred thousand dollar house and rent it for a thousand a month I prefer to have the high-end properties because that's what I know I built most of these homes I know there's no maintenance cost it's brand new construction I know what works. I design them to what people want on vacation, and the returns have been astronomical for me so far. I hope it continues. That's awesome, dude. Okay, cool. So uh, let's get into some one-sheet questions. What percentager are you? I have varied um, over the last year. I've gone in and out of 100%. Uh, being a 100%er, I would say by mid-year this year, I'll be a consistent 100%er. And that's because I'm actually building another beach house that'll be done in April that will create a lot of revenue and put me over the top on a consistent basis. You, you mean one house? I have another house, yeah. We're another finishing house. another beach okay. house yep, in Cinnamon Beach. It's another uh, beach house that I've replicated, one of the ones that have been successful, and it'll be completed in April. So is all your investing money going to real estate now? Yes, real estate. Um, I have some investments in uh, tech startups or development deals that I'm doing with a couple of GoBros. Um, that basically is just a passive investment for me. But as far as active investments, if you want to call it actively passive, uh, yep. yes, I'm all in real estate. Uh, I don't own anything in the stock. I have you know a little in the stock market, but just play money. I don't I don't play in the stock market anymore. I don't believe in it. I, I think it's a whole scam from being part of the game. So it doesn't mean you can't get wealthy in it. Many people do, but I, sure. I don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, I took all of my speculative investment, you know, come bets, the ones that act, weren't active, like you said, off of, off of my horizontal sheet. I had them on there, and they were all like zero, zero, zero. They're, you know, whether they're equity plays or whatever, you know, they were just all at zero. And I'm like, you know what? If, if it's not actively paying me money, you know, something during the year, I'm taking it off until it actively, you know, gives me a distribution. You know, otherwise it doesn't, uh, you know, say it. So correct. I agree. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about giving back. Like what is your give back ratio? So like just to explain everybody what the give back ratio is, basically if you make a million dollars and you give back a hundred thousand to charity, that's 10%. Simple math, right? What, what is Lenny G's give back ratio? 
I don't have the exact percentage, but my family, uh, we support St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I'm a sucker for this for the children's stuff. We support Make-A-Wish, anything that helps kids that are sick or unfortunate, have an unfortunate situation really tugs at my heart. Uh, I support One Life with Tim Road. And I also, I give back, which might not be monetarily, but I give back by speaking to local high school students and coaching some of those students at no cost just to help them with their career. So I don't know what that is, but it's an intangible give back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. How, how many, okay, so uh, that, that's all good stuff. And, and we also have a, we got to figure out a way to kind of measure volunteer time because like I do the same thing. I have some mentees that I, you know, spend a decent amount of time with and helping them. I have one in, like through the Big Brother Big Sister program, one in South Carolina and I have two in Baltimore City. And, you know, uh, that doesn't count, you know, towards my ratio. So uh, we'll figure that out. But if anybody has any suggestions that's listening, we're, we're all open ears. And so this, so this whole, you know, gig with the Airbnb is fascinating. Like how many of these luxury homes do you have? We, that I manage? You know that you, that you, that Lenny G owns. I own right now one, two, three, four. I own four. I just sold two. So I own four you right own, now. You own four. And what, are they rented 12 months out of the year? No, the average rental time in Cinnamon Beach, which is an oceanfront community that we concentrate on, is between 25 and 40 weeks a year, depending on when holidays fall um, or when school starts and, and ends, which varies, believe it or not, around the country. So they average, yeah, about 20, I'd say 25 to 35 weeks is about right. Okay, but, so say 30 but, weeks out yeah. of 42 weeks. So you got about three months that are, that are they're sitting empty, right? Uh, about, all told, yes. yeah. All told. Yes, I, I'd agree. And, and that's the nice thing about owning high-end properties is, once again, I'll use the term intangible, is that we can use it. So when it's not rented last minute, we can just go down there as a family and enjoy the beach house. True. Um, even, even though we already live at the beach, but we like to go to different places. <laughs> you can walk down and, the street. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> or, or we send like my in-laws or my parents. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them so up that there. provides a, a, a value to me that's not monetary. That's just an experience in making memories value that is very important to me and my family. So what, what's your 10-year goal? My 10-year bucket list number one item is yeah. to own four homes around the country that I spend three months out of the year in each one, and I rent the ones I'm not using to pay the freight on my life. Yeah. So you have four luxury Airbnbs uh, in different parts of the world, and you stay in each one for three months. And at probably the empty three months, like you said, uh, in the ones in Florida, which, which is extremely strategic. And then, and then you, you rent out the other nine months, Airbnb or home away, and, and then you own four houses. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I love that. That's uh, kind of a cool little goal there. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that was, uh, we just put that on the bucket list in the past year, and we're working towards that um, by the time my kids are a little older and uh, I've hit my mid-50s, which I can't believe I'm even saying. That'll be in about 10 years. <laughs> how, how old are your kids? My, my daughters are 15 and 12. Okay. All right. So which pillar of the six pillars does Len suck at? I don't know if I suck at any of them, but I actually just put myself out there on our 
GoBro Facebook page about I had a little blip in my blood test um, for some reason, and I'm tall and thin, and I'm very active, and I exercise every day, but I had a cholesterol reading that was really high. So that became my main focus over the last month, and I went hardcore fruits and veggies, and in 17 days of eating only fruits and veggies, I dropped my cholesterol 84 points, which is amazing. I actually just received a, a note in the mail, a handwritten note from the doctor an hour ago that said, it's amazing what you did, your blood test, your subsequent blood test that I took after that is perfect. So that made me feel great because I just went hardcore and I'm going to stick with that. You know, I still have to have my pasta though, Pat. You know what I mean? I'm an Italian guy from New York. Yeah. So I still, so, I still have to so, have that So stuff, when you I, basically <laughs> cut out the, you know, you stopped eating red meat and, and a lot of white meat. and, and Yeah, get, I basically didn't have any meat at all. I only ate fruits and veggies for three weeks and it changed that quickly. So now I'm... So now um, what do you do? I'll be, are you now I'm, are you officially a vegan? No, definitely not. I'll do I'll do mostly fruits and veggies and you know, maybe some pasta with veggies here and there, but I I'll eat meat minimally if I go out for a special occasion, but I'm not I haven't had meat at home since. So you're like an anti-meat guy all of a sudden. So like the you'll probably have meat what once a month? Maybe that. Yeah, I mean you know, if, if mom wants to make me meatballs, I'm going to have them. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but I'm not going to go out and look for well, it. Well, you could probably be just a, you know, have a, a lot of people that go around saying they're vegetarians, you know, they, you know, they might cheat, you know, once in a while. But you could probably go around saying you're a vegetarian and then just, you know, make sure nobody's taking a selfie when you have that meatball. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier, you know, to be just like, hey, you know, I'm a vegetarian, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, to explain things. Okay, cool. So, um, all right. So, well, hey, I'm glad you got that blip fixed. What would you say, you know, which one of the six pillars are you best at? I would say relationships and specifically with my wife and daughters. Um, my my marriage is off the charts fantastic. Marnie, my wife, is my best friend. She has been for 22 years. We'll be married 22 years in a few months. And a lot of people think, how can you possibly have this relationship with your wife when, you know, a lot of people struggle, but I swear on everything I have, we just have, we just click. She's always got me. She knows that I'm a little crazy. She deals with everything and she's my rock. She's my backbone. She handles the family. She handles the household. She handles the books and records for our company. So we work together and we're just partners in crime. We go on geez, five dates a week. I mean, we just we just have a blast together. If I could go away with anybody, it's her. It's not even close who would be second. So we just have that awesome relationship, and that also has translated into our relationship with our girls. We're so close. It's it's insane. I mean, we do everything together. We love going away together as a family. Uh, we love doing things together. I do daddy-daughter dates with each, each one of them every couple of days. We just have an amazing relationship, and I'm, I'm not saying it to brag, but I'm I'm just so proud of it, and I and the more people I speak to, I realize how unique that is because we just don't struggle in that area at all. So, you, you, yeah, a lot of it is just spending time together and and, and liking it. Yep, I mean we we spend I, like I said, I don't go to work, I don't have a job, I do everything from home, and so does Marnie. When we do all, we have two offices in our house that we do run our companies from. I don't have an office, I don't go to an office, so I'm here all of the time. Drive my kids to school, pick them up spend time with them. We mastermind about careers and business. And, you know, as you know, they've already started investing at an early age, which I'm super proud of. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. Sure. Um, the girls basically last year, 
they went to the One Life Fully Lived conference in Philadelphia. Um, we went up there to see some of our friends, and we went to a few breakout sessions, and, and I don't push my stuff on the kids. We came home from that trip, and we went to Fan Abundance at that trip, and we came home, and they came to me and said, Dad, we know that you do all this real estate investing. We just heard people speaking about it. How can we get involved? They both came together, which was amazing. And me and my wife looked at each other like, wow, okay. And I said, all right, if you, I want to see if you're serious. And I made them read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad separately and do separate presentations where they didn't collaborate. They each presented to the family on their own. And they didn't understand every single thing in that book, but they understood most of it. And what they didn't understand, I explained. So then I knew they were serious because they jumped right on that and did that quickly. And they had savings accounts from the time they were born, right? So between them, that's 27 years of saving from christenings, communions, birthdays, gifts they got from family. None of that money came from mom and dad. That was their own savings from babysitting, whatever it was, over 27 years. So they had a significant amount of money in their savings account. Some of it was in a 529 college plan. And so my only gift to them was I, they asked if they can withdraw some to start investing. So I paid the penalty to withdraw some of that from their 529 account. And they bought 20% of a vacation rental condo with us last May 2016. We rented it all summer and sold it in September. And they made about a 30% annual ROI on their investment. And they were like, whoa, okay. So we went, for, we went to our beach house on a family mastermind weekend, and we presented a five-year plan that we all went over and let them make the final decision on five different investments that they can make over the next five years so they mm. can test a bunch of different investments and then see which ones they like. So they chose to do a private hard money loan for year two, and they just executed that a few weeks ago, actually with a GoBro. They lent $50,000 at 12% for one year, and after this year's up, they'll decide if they want to continue that or try a new investment. And I'm just man, trying to teach I, well, well, I feel so. Yeah. Now, what if if that GoBro fucks you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's really screwing your kids out of like their life savings. Man, that will be you. But you better not blow it, whoever that is, man. You make sure you get that flip sold quick and quick. <laughs> they, 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 know, they know where I come from. That's not going to happen. Oh my God, man! Talk up, talk up. <laughs> Uh, talk about leverage on that deal. You're getting paid. I guarantee you're getting paid on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, guess what? This money is actually my kids' money. They're loaning it to you instead of me. They're like, oh, geez. <laughs> I better cut some corners and get this thing sold. All right, cool. So that's really cool. I'm glad you shared that. Um, another thing I want you to share. Okay, so you say uh, you were there at 9-11? Yes, unfortunately I was. And uh, so tell me about that day, um, you know, start me with like, you, you know, what you had for breakfast and take me, you know, through that day for you. Yeah, well, here's the funny thing. The night before, that was a Tuesday morning. So the night before, I actually went to the Michael Jackson 30th anniversary concert in Madison Square Garden and stayed in the city. So I was in Manhattan and went to work as normal the next morning. I had my car in a garage in Manhattan, and all of a sudden we're sitting at our trading desk, and I was on a huge trading floor, you know, 500 to 1,000 traders on this gigantic trading floor, so there's TVs everywhere. And all of a sudden we saw, you know, something hit the World Trade Center, and it looked like just like a, some idiot in a prop plane crashed into it. Like you couldn't tell that it was big on the, when the first one hit. So we're looking at it, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, we're all like basically 
not making fun, but like what moron crashed into the Yeah, you thought it was like one out. one guy who didn't know yeah. how to fly exactly. and he died yeah. and no one else did. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden as we're watching it, boom, the second one hits, and I just looked at my boss and I said, Dude, I'm out of here. And I grabbed two of the young traders on my desk because everyone started freaking out and I said, Let's go. And we actually ran through the street, we ran about 20 blocks up to Penn Station in Midtown, and we got on the last train out of Penn Station. I remember seeing a cop, and I said to him, because I wanted to know where the train was going, and he just yelled, get on the effing train. Like, he yelled at me, and I just went, jumped on the train. I didn't yeah, know where it was going. You don't care where it's going, jackass. Right. Just get yeah. on. Get on. <laughs> so you said, right. sir, where is this train going? And he just said, get on the fucking train, and you were like. That's exactly what he said. And, uh, you know, don't be dumb, don't be dumb. (laughs) No, yeah, we're running and every, every avenue we cross, we look down and we saw the buildings on fire, every avenue. So we're doing that for 20 blocks till we get to Penn Station. We get in, like I said, and luckily the train went to my mother's house in New Jersey. Somehow that was the train that went and it was the last train out of the city. And I remember we pulled out of, you go underground under the uh, Hudson River and you come up in New Jersey and as soon as we got out, we heard a lady scream, and we looked out the window, and we watched the building fall down from the train in New Jersey. Like in, in okay, so wait a minute. So you guys, you and these two young bucks who who you happened to grab because they didn't know any better, like what to do. You're right. bringing them to your mom's house. You're like, you guys are coming with me to my mom's. We'll, we'll figure this out later. And then next thing you know, you the the train stops, the doors open. You guys go back out side where you could actually see what's going on and then you hear this blood curdling scream no 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 no. we were on the train and we heard a lady looking out the window on the train as it was moving when we got into new jersey we got back into the daylight and she and she started screaming so we all jumped to her window to look and we watched the building fall down and then obviously that was horrific and then we we got to my mother's stop near her and we we were a few miles from her house and there was no phone, so I couldn't even tell my mother I was on that train. There's no phone service. Everything was dead. So we saw some girl in the parking lot, and we paid her $60 in cash. She probably thought we were going to abduct her or something. It was like a teenage girl, and she drove us to my mother's house. And then I took my mother's extra car and drove all the way down to Middletown, New Jersey, where I lived, back to my house. And those kids, those kids stayed with me overnight because they could not get back to Staten Island, where they lived, because all the bridges were closed. So that was uh, that was pretty insane. And like I was 40 miles away from my house was 40 miles away from the city and all the ash was in my backyard. It was crazy. So your house was 40 miles away from the city and the grass is just black with ash. Well, I wouldn't say black, but it was covered with sporadic ash. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 40 miles away. Wow. Yeah. And so you guys like if you had stayed there. Like, let's say you had stayed at work and been like, hey, you know, what would have happened? Well, we didn't, I don't know what would have happened because we, we figured if the Twin Towers are getting hit, we're getting bombed and the, and the Empire State Building's next. And we yeah, were right, right, that. sure. So, right. so we were like, let's just get the hell out of here. I didn't even listen to my bosses because my bosses are all like, don't worry about it, just stay here. I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. And we just, we just took off and I took the two kids who looked the most scared, to be honest, and uh, took them with me. Yeah, because cause then the train wouldn't leave. You know what I mean? After that, you were stuck, and you had to be with all those people walking across the bridge that day. Exactly. So I'm glad I missed that part of it. Yeah, yeah, because that would have been a lot more, you know, that that's crazy. Uh, wow, well, thanks for sharing it. That's, that's incredible. So what, like, how has that changed you mentally? 
Uh, it changed me to make me realize that why people work in corporate jobs till they're 65 and then hope to retire on their 401k, that traditional way of life is so silly. That slapped me in the face, that event, and, and made me realize, why the hell do you wait till 65 or 70 to retire? So I retired at 33 or 34 and basically took three years off in Florida to enjoy my kids. And I had enough confidence in myself that I would reinvent something successful. Yeah. Um, I'm just wired like that. I'm not afraid of taking risks. I'm not afraid of taking chances, even though I was making seven figures and people told me I was nuts for leaving that environment. I said, dude, this is, there's more to life. You only live once. You're going to die, man. Yeah, that's right. You don't get a second chance. I mean, it's such a cliche. People treat it like a fucking cliche. They don't treat it like it's something that you really need to think about. I mean, I heard uh, Tim Ferriss say one time that, uh, you know, the whole idea of working till 60 and then retiring is almost backwards. It almost should be like you retire in the middle of your life and hang out and enjoy your kids and enjoy your family and enjoy, you know, things while you can where your body is physically fit. And then when your kids have families of their own and you don't get to see them that much and you can't get out and and go crazy with the cheese whiz with your traveling and moving around and stuff at that point then you go back to work because you want to be sitting around at a desk because you know you're less mobile does that make sense that's exactly exactly correct you're 100 percent accurate why people don't realize this i have no idea it's just it's mind-boggling when you think about it like it's everyone's so programmed for the traditional route of a life that they're just programmed, and 99% of people won't snap out of it. So I, I was lucky enough to snap out of it young. If, if I die tomorrow or in 50 years, I'll never have one regret. I've had an amazing life up till now, and I hope the next 50 years are even more amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I did the same thing. I, you know, I bailed it from the rat race in about 2010, and, you know, I look back on it now sometimes, and I'm like, you know, the real estate market has done so well since then. I could have made a lot more uh, money in commissions if I had just, you know, if I was still doing it, right? If I had just continued to run a team and be so, and, and stayed in Maryland and just been, you know, hyper-focused on, you know, just been an eight, continue to be an agent or agent-centric person. And I don't regret it at all, though, because I, I you know, like you, I got to spend so much time with my kids before they went to college. And even now, you know, we just got back from Australia and New Zealand for two weeks. And, you know, there's tons of stuff that uh, I'll never regret it. I'll never regret it. I mean, I didn't. I think everybody should reincarnate themselves at different points in life. You know what I mean? You can't you can't stick with the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. People just definitely uh, have that wrong for sure. Let's um. I think I know the answer to this one, Len, but what brings you joy, buddy? Uh, besides the obvious, which is seeing my family happy and healthy um, and, and eventually succeeding, I, I think I'm addicted to winning. So I just like to win no matter what it is. I'm super competitive, whether it's business, sports, uh, anything, a conversation, anything. I'm just addicted to winning and addicted to the chase of what the next goal is so that that's that's what drives me addicted to winning sounds like a t-shirt <laughs> uh, all right let's talk about your health yeah how much do you weigh 185 sweet how tall are you 
six four. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. This shit, I weigh one eighty five, and I'm I'm five ten. So, that's, um, that's yeah, great. I've been I've been within the same ten pounds for twenty years. So. That's awesome. And so, what's your body fat? Um, I believe the last check was seventeen percent. Jeez, what what's your GB nine score? I have not done it because I had a um, I went for an MRI about six months ago and I have three tears in my left shoulder, which has killed my golf game. But uh, I just I can't do some of those exercises. How did you get them? It actually started uh, on a construction site about five or six years ago. I went to pick a um, heavy chest out of a flatbed truck and I didn't realize how heavy it was and it just dragged my arm to the ground and tore it. Uh, so I had a uh, posterior tear on my labrum and then I probably just made it worse. I have a rotator cuff tear and a scapular tear now, but nothing that's like immediate surgery, but I can definitely feel it with certain movements. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So you just kind of lay off them, right? Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll do I, like, I don't do pull-ups anymore. I used to do a lot of pull-ups. I can't do that. So I'll, I kind of limit my push-ups um, and I just use lighter weights. I can't go heavy weights with certain exercises. So I kind of just, yeah, I kind of just backed off a little bit, but I still, I still do it because it'll drive me nuts if I do nothing. Well, so what, so what do you do then uh, exercise wise? Like what is your workout routine? I do everything I'll do. Um, I'm starting to incorporate more cardio since the, uh, blood test blip, but I never had to do a lot of cardio just because of my, I've always been a tall, thin frame. Yeah. Never had a problem with you always look like you do i mean you look like a you know a cardio guy you know yeah no i'm not i just i'm a a narrow frame so i'm never going to get like big and muscular so i just i lift just to stay you know hard and tight i guess but uh i'm never going to get real big and i'm at this age i'm just trying to stay fit and feel good that's pretty much it and and functional i think a lot of weightlifting and stuff now is functionality you know as you get older you know what i mean so that you can pick up your kids or, 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 you know what I mean? So that you can not, you don't want to be that guy that's like, Oh, Oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't help you lift your luggage, you know, or, or can't help you. You know what I'm saying? Like just to stay functional younger next year, you know? Yeah. I do a lot of like the P90X workouts and I lucky enough to have a basketball court in my house. So that's my warm up, my little cardio. I shoot hoops for a while. You got an inside basketball court. Yeah. Half court. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's fun. I'm a basketball junkie. Ah. All right, so here's a new question. This was added after some discussion uh, um, amongst others that have been on the show and that sort of thing, and uh, it's going to get deep here. So, so Len, uh, your plane's going down fast. Smoke, <laughs> smoke is coming from the wing. You can see it in the window. And you have one minute to call somebody before the cell service goes out. Go. Who am I with on the plane, Pat? You're by yourself. Don't waste any time. Go. Easily calling my wife, no doubt about it. I don't think I'd be able to speak to my kids. because no, I... you got to do it now. you got to do it. You get... We're role-playing oh, actually, this. We're role-playing I'm actually, so... I'm actually giving you the phone call? Yes, and I'm going to stop talking. Honey, hi. Oh, shit, dude, really? All right. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not doing that, Pat. Get back to your microphone. That ain't happening. Oh, God. You're leaving me here, aren't you? I would just say, honey, you know the path we've already started the kids on. 
We've, we've done everything right up until now. Go spend money and have fun and help them build money so they can have a more abundant life than we ever had. I'm putting my head between my legs and I'm kissing my ass goodbye. Love you. Out. All right, bro. Thanks. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, man, but you fucking nailed it. <laughs> Good job, Lou. Thank you. Uh, Thank that you. was tougher than I thought, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the questions. You obviously didn't look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So we'll go to something happier now. So what, what's the best vacation you've ever you know, taken? We go on a lot of vacations, so we're, uh, we're lucky enough to go on probably 10 a year. Most of them are just three or four-day getaways. But um, we did something called a retro tour two years ago. And we went back up to New York, and we saw every end of our family over about a 10-day period. Uh, I took my kids to the Wildwood Boardwalk, where I used to hang out in New Jersey when I was a teenager. They'd never seen a boardwalk like that with games and rides that, you know, for miles. They thought that was amazing. We did Manhattan, and then we went to Coney Island, and we had a beach party with my cousins out there. We went up to a place called Green Pond, New Jersey, where my other family is, and we did a... Um, they have boats on a lake, so we did that scene, and we just had 10 days of amazing fun. We surprised my sister for her birthday, so we called that the retro tour because we just went back to our roots a little bit, and uh, more recently, it was uh, Whistler, so taking the kids. They had never seen snow before because we are complete beach bums. We usually go to beach resorts, and we to go skiing and snowmobiling and tobogganing and ziplining and all that stuff was stuff we just never did, and to share a lot of that together was pretty damn cool. And um, we're going to Italy in June, so I'm sure that's going to rank right up there. I really like that retro tour. So, you know, the concept is every, and, and I'm not sure if this is right or not, but, but I like the idea, every living relative, we're going to go visit. Yeah, basically, you know, whoever was still up there. Yep, yeah. so we, we hit all the ends of the family. My, my parents uh, got divorced at a young age, so I have extra families, which is awesome. So we went to see all different sides of the families and, and just introduced our kids to cousins they had never seen. It was great. I like that, man. I like that a lot. I mean, there's absolutely <laughs> no reason everybody shouldn't do that. I mean, I think you might, you might have created a movement here and not even know <laughs> it, the retro tour, you know, yeah. and you, just, you go back to, you could go back to like, you know, here's, here's where I had my first job. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what we did. Exactly. You know, really, Daddy? You worked at Dairy Queen? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, and I wore the hat and da-da-da. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, no, that's – I love that, dude. I love that. That's a good one. That's a good Thank one. You. Okay, so let's talk about life's greatest hits. And your life's greatest hits – if you don't know, or basically, you know, for me, my life's greatest hits were obviously the, the regular ones like, um, you know, marrying my wife uh, was one of my greatest hits as if I'm a, a, a country music star and I have a Pat Hyben's greatest hits album. Um, you know, another the other two, you know, when each daughter was born and, and then, you know, you, you might have, you know, whatever, some some things, some awards you got, some a moment you sold your business, you know, anything that would be a greatest hit. So what, what are Lenny G's five greatest hits? What's the greatest hits album consist of of your life so far? Well, obviously my wedding day and my, it's the day my two kids were born, so I'll just 
put those to the side because everyone will say that. As far as career, my best day was in 2002, I believe it was. I, got, I was at my trading desk on Wall Street, and I get a phone call at 5 o'clock from the big regional director, and he goes, get to my office. And I'm like, oh, boy, what did I do wrong? I thought I was getting fired. But instead, he brought me up there and said, we fired your boss, and we're making you the boss of the $16 billion trading book and 24-person trading desk. And I was blown away. That's when I became the youngest managing director in the firm. They gave me a sweetheart contract, bulletproof. So if we got bought, I was getting golden handcuffs. It was just fantastic. And I remember going home on the train back to New Jersey that night and trying to call my wife on my cell phone and like whispering so nobody can hear it because everybody's sleeping on the train and whispering like, holy crap, I am now the boss already at this young age. And I remember going into work the next day because we didn't tell anybody it was the end of the day and pulling, pulling some of my close trader friends aside into a conference room and telling them that we basically got rid of the old stuffy boss and now you've got your new young fun boss. And I negotiated a $1 million a year expense account so when my traders kicked ass, I rewarded them and spoiled them to no end. And it was just unbelievable experience. That is definitely a greatest hit. That is exactly what the five greatest hits were made for. So give me another one. When I had a goal, when I was young, I had a goal to make my first million dollars by the age of 40. And obviously I made that a lot younger and I made a million dollars a year when I was 31 or something like that. So when I moved to Florida in 2005 and everyone was telling me I was crazy for leaving that career that I had, I made a goal to myself, make a million dollars in another industry that you have no clue about in the next few years. And a few years later, I made a million dollars in real estate and custom home building when I had no background whatsoever in that. And that was so satisfying because... It proved to myself that I could do whatever I want and just make it happen. And, and that's my one gift. I just make shit happen. I don't know how. It just happens. And it's a, a lot of it's from hard work and just the, the way, I don't know, I've been blessed with that ability, I guess. But doing that in a second career before the age of 40 was pretty damn amazing to me. That's good. I'm going to steal that one because, you know, I made over a million dollars net a couple of, to a couple of years uh, in real estate. And you know, now that I'm in this new business that I'm diving into, which is, you know, online training and online marketing, that'd be a great goal, right? It's just to be able to do that again in a completely different business other than, uh, you know, where all my collateral, so to speak, lies, which was real estate sales. I, uh, you, you've inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, go for it. You yeah. know you could do it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, cool. So uh, tell me about your bucket list items. What are some of the top bucket list items you got? I, there's literally nothing in this world that I want that I can't have. And there's no place I haven't been except for Italy. And we're going there in June. So I'm crossing that off in June, uh, God willing. Um, otherwise, my, my number one bucket list item was the four house rotation that I described earlier. And believe it or not, a silly one, if I have one regret, and I know this is going to sound weird, is never going to New York Yankee fantasy camp where you get to go pretend you're a pro for like a week. And I just haven't done it. And I've, I've been a baseball nut my whole life. And I was a pretty good player when I was younger. 
and I never followed through on it. And for some reason, that's irking me. I don't know if I could do it at this age or have anyone that would go with me, but I would, I'd put that on as a silly one. A silly one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. You ready to uh, spin the wheel? Uh, whatever that means, yes. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel for the GoBundance app. Go for it. There you get a GoBundance question from the app, from our deck of cards. And uh, let's see what we get. Hold on a second. Lenny G, what, what area of my life, which is your life, what area of your life have you become disenchanted with? And what is that trying to tell you? <laughs> That's a good one. And it's actually pretty apropos because I was actually going to post this on the GoBro page to get feedback. I have, I don't know how to phrase this, but I get bored with people so damn easily, whether it's, you know, socially or just, I don't know, people just bore me. Like I get bored really quick and I, I need to, I need someone to light a fire to stimulate me in some sort of conversation. Otherwise I mentally check out. That's one thing I love about GoBundance. Every single 100% of the people I've met in there stimulate me, which is fantastic. But the bad side of that is when I go back to regular life, everyone in my regular life bores the hell out of me, and I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. I stumped you, Pat. I got no, you on no, that no, one. No, no, no. Yeah, well, they, no, it's your, your, no, that's your answer. I mean, that's, that's your answer. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I have the answer. I think we all have that same same challenge you know what i mean like it's i and and i don't know that i think the answer is you just have to deal with it because you can't be a dick right you can't uh you know here's the thing like i i think the best thing is to be fat is to try to to try to be fascinated and i'll give you a great example this happened yesterday and i have a brother he's 47 years old i'm 51 so he's five years i guess he's 46 and he's a, he's a construction guy, right? He's 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 never had his own business. Uh, he's always worked for somebody else, right? He essentially, you know, paints and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He he's always he's been paid cash most of his life. You know, I mean, just basic level construction. So him and I went on an 11 mile hike yesterday because I was in Virginia Beach. He lives in Virginia Beach, and you know. I looked him up. We went hiking uh, before my flight. We went 11 miles. And so we had all day conversation. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday. You know what I mean? Like be, before, like how do I, uh, you know, not, how do I stay on this lower level conversation? You know what I mean? And not be bored. And I think the, uh, you know, the answer for me was just try to be as engaging as I can with his life, you know, and come to find out, you know, he saved up 2,300 bucks. I'm like, oh shit, you know, that's pretty good for him. He's never had a savings in his life. And I tried to say, you know, you know, give him kudos for that. I was like, that fucking, that's awesome, dude. You know, I mean, that's, uh, that is, uh, uh, something that I can help him with and give him props for maybe that no one else could. But, uh, you know, most of the stuff we talked about is very low level, very simple, you know, gosh, it's quiet out here. And, you know, my legs are hurting and the, the, the temperature is this. And, but I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that, you know, if I had said to myself, 
I can't go on an 11-mile hike with my own brother, I mean, I would be a terrible person, right? And so I think, you know, you have, you can't be a dick, you know, I think you just have to, you just, you have to, to breathe and just, and, and, and make it happen. Am I, am I touching on anything? Yeah, it's different for me with family. That doesn't happen because family, I try to support no matter what. And I listen to, and I, you know, do the right thing around family. I'm just talking about other people socially. So why can't you do it with other people if you can do it with family? Honestly, I have no, I have, I really have, they don't interest me. I, you know, it might sound cold or whatever. Well, and well, how does your happy. family interest you? My family interests me because I'm genuinely interested in what's going on in their life or if I can help them or if I just want to spend time with them. The ancillary social people I'm, I'm really not that interested in spending time with because I don't have any of the same goals. But with family, I make an exception because they're family. So then, okay, so, but is it, why, why, why can't you just let it be okay? No, no, it's okay. Family I'm not, I'm not, can be I'm not mean to anybody. It's okay. It's fine. I just, I'm just telling you, I'm just yeah. usually not not interested because I'm so interested in stuff in the tra- in Go Abundance. I'm so interested in what everyone's doing. I love hearing about all these wins and successes. Yeah, it's hard. I love sharing mine that I can't, I don't share personal stuff with people that aren't in my family. What about old friends? Yep. Love my old friends, but they are on such a different career path. They're, they're all corporate because that's the way I grew up, and I'm the only one who broke off into entrepreneurship and actually moved away from the, my hometown, that it's hard for them to relate. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all have that same struggle. So what do you do about that? Because I've had other people ask me this, so I'm glad you brought this up, and I think it's an important conversation. What do you do? What do you do? You know, Because we go to these GoBundance things, right, and everything is high level. And I'll get with friends, and I'll be like, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to go there because then I'll be going to talk about so much high level stuff that they're just not going to get. So I don't even bring it up, you know? So what, what do you do? How do you handle it? I don't talk about go Bunnins to anybody. I don't talk about my career to anybody except for family at all because they don't get it. And I just have accepted that they're not going to get it. And it would be like banging my head against the wall. So instead when I need to have those conversations, I have them with my pod. I mean, the five guys in my pod are like, lifetime brothers now in just a short a year and a half it's amazing so i you know and i have pete pete cook is my par- business partner and he, you know he's my close friend he lives right by me we mastermind daily um so i do it with people that get it when i need those conversations luckily my wife gets it so i have those conversations with her all the time and i avoid that type of conversation with other people so or did you answer your question no, I guess so. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, that's just something that I struggle with, I guess. That's it. But, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with it. It's not like a big hindrance to my life. I'm just saying some, you asked me something that, you know, that, that question. So that was the best answer I came up with. No, that, no. And uh, yeah, no. And, but you got it. You answered it right. I think you just got to deal with it. I don't think there's an answer other than there's certain people you're going to cut out and certain people that you aren't and you just have to decide who that is and if you draw the line of family then you draw the line of family some people draw the line of family and five friends you know what i mean that that might be like old friends that they'll be like okay this guy's in my posse even though he's an auto mechanic uh he's my posse and i'll 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 share with him that or you know what i tend to find is that if somebody is interested and, and actually is listening and fascinated by it, even though I know that they're probably not going to 
do what I tell them to do, uh, I'll share it with them, you know. But I think a lot of people just aren't interested in, in making a million dollars. They're just not, they just don't believe that they can, so they're just not interested in it. So why share it with them? Correct. And, I, and I've had, I've had, even we went on our Palm Coast Mastermind trip, and the guys on that trip can tell you, when it was my turn to stand up in front of the room, you know, I have a pe- couple of people that are close to me that I've tried to help get to the next level, and it just doesn't sink in. And after a while, you just have to stop. You can't, you can't beat a dead, you know, you can't beat a dead horse. It's, it's amazing. And the whole room told me, you just gotta, you gotta let it go, man. You know, like, I guess sometimes I can't understand why some people don't get it. Yeah, I think I, I, this is a great conversation. I think it's just because they, it's, it's just because they don't get it. It's like, why are you white? Right? I mean, you can't answer that. Is this you right. are, right? Why are you, you know, six foot four? They just oh, this get... turned into a Dr. Phil session, huh? <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's other people have asked me this before, you know, and I've had this conversation with David and Tim and, and some of the other elders, and, and I know, I remember you posted it, I think. Didn't you post it on Facebook one time? Someone posted this on Facebook or something similar to this, and I think it's very, uh, it's difficult. I, I, you know, I like your answers. The family is the exception, and... the truth is if we can do it for family, we can do it for other people, but it might not be our highest and best use of time. And if, if you're going to be impatient, I I don't know. It's, uh, it's certainly, um, it's certainly a lot funner if everybody has, if everybody can talk about the same thing or, you know, I find it that again, if I have a, a good buddy of mine, that's really, truly interested, that really wants to know, you know, what are you doing and tell me how that works. And, and this is really cool. I like spending time with them because they make me feel good, right? But if I know that they don't really care and uh, I'm not going to have some sort of impact on them, they don't really give a shit, you know, what I say and they don't are going to even ask me those questions, then I, I'm probably not going to have a, a lasting relationship with them. Yep, I agree. Then it just becomes a social interaction and, uh, you know, two ships passing in the night, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been good, Len. We've, we've killed some uh, excellent questions here. We've, I appreciate the, the first. You were the, the foremost person. I promise you, everyone else that was on the show is going to answer that question so you can listen in and hear everybody else's question on the, on the plane that's burning, and, and, uh, and you're going to feel a lot better. Thank you for sharing your heart on that one, my friend. You are a true... Lover of life and lover of people. You have a big heart and uh, you're doing a fascinating thing here with these houses and uh, everything you do. Thanks for all that you give to the tribe and look forward to seeing you at the next event. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you doing that today and uh, grab life big, brothers. <laughs>